we are back. This is episode two of the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host. I can go by Ken. I can go by Kenny. I can go by Kenny time. And I am joined by my lovely wife, Nika. That's where the name comes from, by the way. It's our names put together. Hi, Nika. Hello. How are you? It's early morning in Southern California, and we're up doing our third day in a row now of baseball talk. Yes, it's a new habit developed. It is. I guess by the 21st day that we do this, it will all feel natural. It takes three weeks to develop a habit. Suppose three days down, uh, 18 more to go. Yay! Woohoo! Baseball! Baseball! Um, last night, we got to witness the big return of Fernando Tatis Jr., and he went 0 for 5. That's all right. It was his first uh, appearance, and uh, he looked good, though. He looked good. Um, his energy was really good. He made a great catch in the yeah. sixth or seventh inning. Uh, yeah. The dugout was really animated when he came running in, so that was nice to see. You know, he looks really good out in right field, I got to say, and I, I don't want to speak too prematurely, but I do feel like this might be one of the best things that ever happens for his career. The outfield position? The fact that he just has so much speed out there, and he has a rocket for an arm, uh, got him in a little bit of trouble last night because I think it was Alec Thomas that was rounding third and and kind of faked like he was going to run home but didn't, and Tatis took the bait and like just fired a rocket to home plate, and the guy running, of course, that hit the ball got on second base as a result. Um, so, yeah, I have to work on like getting that cutoff man and, you know, it's up for the other players to, to let the ball go through or not. And it'll come with time. Yeah. First game in, energy out, brought some uh, spark to the team. Yeah. But, I mean, and then you got, for the first time, we got to see the, the lineup. Tatis, Soto, Machado, and Bogarts. And the X-Man was the one who came through last night. The X-Men. We have a powerhouse. We do. And uh, it's great to see the pirate Trent Grisham hitting. His new mustache, I mean, I don't know what to make of it. He just looks like a baseball pirate now. Oh, he looks awesome. He looks like a baseball player. He does. Everyone needs to have that one, like, unique thing that kind of makes them stand out, and he found it with that mustache, yeah, I say. It's his trademark now. I like it. Good yeah. for him. So I guess it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm I'm looking forward to watching the rest of these games with, obviously, Fernando being back. And, uh, yeah, we'll be following along. I guess the one... Good thing to say is that Musgrove is coming back. Saturday? Uh, he is pit due to pitch Saturday, and then Darvish will pitch Sunday. Okay. Oh, in Arizona. Yes. Okay. But the rotation should start to now stabilize a little bit, and I think you're going to see some people start to move into new roles on the pitching staff as we work on our middle relief and we got to shore that up you know um and we also need to shore up our starting especially with schnell he's our only left-handed starting pitcher oh really yeah because we don't have Manea anymore and Torres right or left well but he's bullpen baby so he doesn't get he doesn't get to start yeah and he's also a righty but hater is a lefty and i like that I like having a left-handed closer. Hader has like a really weird, not weird, but he has a really awkward arm angle to go up against because it's not like a straight up and down. Uh, he's taller, and he also has his arm off to the side, so it's coming from a really odd angle. Odd angle, yeah. Okay. Well, he's a good closer. He's been really good. 
yeah, definitely. Good to see him. All right, moving right along. I wanted to kind of update this topic from yesterday about Max Scherzer because I have to eat a little bit of crow, I guess. <laughs> um, I defended Max yesterday pretty big and vigorously on the show. Uh, the reason was because I felt like in the explanation from his side of it that he only did everything the umpires asked him to do and nothing more and still got punished for it in a sense. And then as we found out yesterday, I felt kind of bad for him because I knew MLB was going to hand down this 10 game suspension as a result of it because they always side with the umpires that, you know, that oh, they always do. Most of the time, yeah. If a player appeals, they might lower the suspension, but they're never going to, like, full-on, like, reverse it and be like, no, the umpire was wrong. Really? I, I No. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. I mean, I think it's just one of those things where it's they got to respect the judgment of the umpire. And, yeah, and he's it, the authority, so you can't really go against it, I guess. But it just seems like... Someone pointed out that this umpire, he, he's been nitpicky, I guess, about sticky stuff with other people. So he's the only one that's, like, uh, ejected people as a result of it. I guess if you're a team and you have that umpire, tell your pitchers, you know, got to be careful. <laughs> got to be careful when this guy's out there. Wow, okay. So it's basically uh, courtesy of the ump how well or how often you get checked. Yeah, and I guess it's up to their discretion, and it, it, it's it's almost like they're the police, right? If they'll a cop wants over. to pull you over and give you a speeding ticket for going, you know, 42 and a 35, they can do that. And and some are not going to do that, and some are. And that's just, some umps are going to check you more, and some aren't. Okay. And I think at least you have the pleasure of knowing which cops which are policing your game. So anyways, yeah, be careful out there pitchers this whole situation went down kind of strange right so max has like a meltdown on the field when he gets ejected he's upset about it afterwards in his press conference you know with or, or in his i don't know if it was a press conference but it was like a an interview by his locker he was very animated about like he didn't do anything wrong and like this is basically uh which one stupid situation and you know, he shouldn't have been put in that situation in the first place. He only did what they asked. And then yesterday, as I predicted, the day after, the 10-game the suspension came down. And it was announced that he wasn't appealing it. <laughs> and people were like, see, he's guilty. He knows it. Um, maybe. <laughs> I guess that remains to be seen. I think the biggest reason not to appeal it, though, as a pitcher is because you just need to get it over with. If you don't accept it, and you appeal it, yes, you might get a reduced sentence, like I mentioned earlier, but they're still going to give you a, a punishment. They're still going to give you five games at least because they want you to miss one start. But then the punishment starts whenever the decision is made. Well, well, they're not going to give him a two-game suspension because then he can pitch, Next leave game. for two games, and then be there and do like his his bullpen tune-up on the fourth day before, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah, he yeah. can still make it work versus like, yeah, Two-game suspension is nothing for a pitcher. No, it has to be at least five or six yeah. games to make him, like, forcibly miss his turn mm -hmm. in the rotation, yeah. which just causes problems because uh, generally a team won't do that to the other pitchers. You know, they won't let one pitcher supersede their other pitcher's starts, if that makes sense. They want to okay. keep all the pitchers on a schedule. Yeah. And and yeah, Max is an expensive toy, but I don't know if he will be able to 
oh, I'll just miss the six days and I'll pitch the day before and the day I come back, you know, like that's it. And I don't, I don't know if that will screw up other people in the rotation and how they'll feel about that. And it might. Yeah. I mean, they, they are a team too of pitchers. So you want to keep things on the up and up. Okay. Um, so anyways, that's why he will keep the The suspension, the suspension and just take it and get it over with so that at least now they have control of it versus like if he appeals, he doesn't know when MLB will make their decision. And it could be like when he wants to pitch in a big series or something along those lines. It's early in the season where you just be like, well, we'll just take the hit. You know, like every team wants to get hot. So if you're not the Tampa Bay Rays, at least you haven't really been hot yet. Like you haven't gone on a crazy run. So gotcha. Okay. Well, I guess the only other thing I wanted to mention with the Mad Max situation was that I felt like the umpire's explanation that I, I didn't discuss yesterday uh, I went back and listened to it again, and it was really thorough, and I think he just had way more sticky stuff than most pitchers. When it comes to uh, resin, I, even if it was provided by MLB, it doesn't give you necessarily permission to coat yourself in it. <laughs> Do they put resin in their glove? Is that something, is that a common practice? Because I understand on your fingertips, to me, it seems they put that in the... Uh, locker room they don't put it necessarily when they come out on the mound you, because you didn't see him pick up the bag or the chalk whatever the bag is out there they don't pick it up they come out with it so shout they- out to john boy media by the way for providing that detailed analysis yesterday that we He's were done. privy to um, but yeah max scherzer he showed his rosin bag was not used on the mound that was provided by the Dodgers. It, it stayed in the same exact spot, inning to inning. That, that this sort of implies that he was applying his resin like behind the scenes, right? So, and not in a dugout either. He had to do it in a locker room. Yeah, well, that that seems to be the case. I mean, and then there was also putting some kind of tape on his fingers in between innings shown, and it was implied by the broadcast team that it was having to do with his pitch com thing that signals what pitches he's supposed to throw and stuff. It was in his glove I, hand. I hate this whole system, by the way. Radioing in pitches and stuff. Like, it's yeah. just, oh, my God. What are we going to, like, do next? Just start putting smoke signals in the air to call the pitch? That might be better, actually. <laughs> You're not going to get a sticky stuff on your fingers. That's true. It's going to have some dust, some ash. All right. Well, uh, Mookie Betts played shortstop last night. He did for the first time. For the first time. Ever. Ever. And at least Major League Baseball. Uh, yeah. That's pretty How impressive. Um, well, in the one highlight, I did see him make an unassisted double play. He fielded the ball cleanly, ran it over to second base, and tossed it over to first himself and just looked like a natural out there, honestly. I was impressed. Um, I'm not like the biggest Mookie Betts fan on the planet, but uh, I like to give credit where credit's due and you know, shortstop's not an easy position to just, oh, I'm going to start playing it 10 years into my major league career. Yeah. I, I know he's played second base. It's not the same. And one of the things that I heard about him during this process was that he, even though he plays outfield on a regular basis for the Dodgers, he has maintained his infield drills and workouts during pregame. And he has continued to do that while he's been playing the outfield every day. So I'm not surprised that he was able to slot in so naturally and and do it. 
Yeah. Well, the more flexible you can be for your team, I think, obviously, the reason he's playing there is because Gavin Lux tore up his ACL in spring training and is out for the year. So the Dodgers were without a shortstop, and he's sort of going to take up the reins, it looks like. We'll see if he gets a start there today or this weekend. I'll be watching for that. The Dodgers-Cubs series is interesting, too, by the way. Go, Cubbies. Um, Cubbies, they're winning the games that they should win, and they're competing against the tougher teams in the National League, at least so far. They won two out of three in L.A. last weekend. They just beat up on the Athletics out at their place. Well, that was expected. Yes, but still, you got to win the games that you're supposed to win, especially early on in the season, because you don't get to play the Athletics again in in August or September. Yeah. (laughs) So you need those wins right now. Um, They do look good as a team. Yeah, they look sharp. I think they're even more impressive than some people thought they might be. Um, And they're they're an odd blend of talent in a way. I I think when the season ended last year, no one envisioned like adding Dansby Swanson and Cody Bellinger and Trey Mancini to this team. So that's been kind of a fun thing to watch them come together and hey. You know, uh, I'm kind of like the Indians, you know, in uh, that movie where everyone's like, yeah, they're not going to be very good at the beginning of it. And then after the season starts, they're like, yeah, maybe they're not so bad. You know, (laughs) I think they might have used a little bit more colorful language on that movie, but we'll keep it a little PG for uh, now for our audience. Sure. Yeah. Cubbies are holding their own for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to watching that series at Wrigley this weekend. Um, and and seeing if they can they lost last night but they played competitively throughout it was two to two into the ninth and Dodgers put up a four spot in the ninth ouch so tough to come back from that in the bottom half and they did not they had three more games with the Dodgers <laughs> um we had a couple other games and series that we're gonna be watching for different reasons this weekend but the first one I wanted to mention was uh we're gonna be definitely peeking over at the Mets Giants series and that's in San Francisco. Um, that involves, uh, Pete Alonso, who he homered there last night to take the MLB lead. He now has nine home runs. Uh, he's on pace to hit something ridiculous, like 70 something now. Oh boy. And, uh, yeah, he's on pace for that. I mean, it's just fun as he, you know, again, this is like one of those situations where he, the more he hits early, the higher on pace he's going to be, but obviously it's a long season, but we did notice something about Pete, especially when he was on uh, Team USA, but we saw him in spring training, and we, we, we noticed he looked a little bit slimmer, and we were giving him props for that because we felt like the last couple seasons, he had a little more of a husky look to him, and you know, not that there's anything wrong with that, but the fact that he was able to sort of take the pounds off and slim up and trim up a little bit, not make it part of his persona that he needs that extra poundage to hit the ball over the fence, that he can actually maybe hit more, you know? He takes the home run derby batting practice very seriously. He almost conditions for it. I remember when uh, a couple years ago at the mm-hmm. All-Star break. But but at the same time, there is no substitute for taking off like 15, 20 pounds on your midsection. Oh, absolutely not. That doesn't change your power. Congratulations, Pete on your trim down and you know I hope you do keep hitting home runs and I hope you tell your story on what you did in the off season because you look great yes on our podcast (laughs) 
one day coming soon. And then the other series I'm going to be watching is the Marlins Guardians because there is only one 400 hitter left this season to start, at least for now. Uh, but Matt Chapman dipped under 400 last night. He's at 397 as of this morning. Okay. Um, but Luis Arise on the Marlins has just started off red hot. And if you don't remember, he came over from the Twins in the offseason. That was a weird little trade, trade that happened. I don't think a lot of people saw it coming because Arise was the AL batting champion last year. He had the highest batting average in the AL. So you don't necessarily see like good hitters like that just get moved to another team in the offseason. But Minnesota really wanted pitching. So they, 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 they gave him up, and he is hitting 438 as a batting average right now after 64 at-bats. Um, I did a little bit of quick math this morning. He's 28 for 64 on the season, and he can go over next six. So he can be 28 for 70 and still be at 400. Wow. He just sees the Bolden. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess... I'll just be looking if he gets if he gets another hit or two in these next six at bats, he's just gonna put himself that much further out. Further out, you know. Even if he will, only goes two for his next six, and that's only a three thirty three batting average, he's gonna drop a little bit from four thirty eight, but he's not gonna drop below four hundred, you know, for even longer. I'm very hard, I guess, on hitters, modern hitters, because I feel like a lot of them have gone to play a you know it's interesting the new rules are going to change baseball i think in the in a way where because the shift is gone there's more holes in the field that used to not be there so you would almost have to hit the ball over everybody you know yeah. over their heads now you can hit ground ball i've seen a lot more seeing eye singles they used to call them you know where it was like uh the ball has eyes you know it got through all the players and it's like you see a little bit more of that old kind of baseball language creeping back into your head as you watch the game now because people are stealing bases more frequently and there's, you know, these hit and runs or these like little balls getting squeaking through the infield, they call it, you know, and so it's been fun to watch. Well, you also said that the game moves a lot faster, not just because of the rules change. You have to pay attention a lot closer and more versus prior to the rules change. You do. I mean, it's one of you those You might things. miss something, you know, <laughs> if you don't pay attention, especially the pitching. Yeah, I mean, if you take a bathroom break, you might miss a, a whole half an inning. <laughs> true. Depending on how big your house is and how far you have to walk. And how long you stay in the bathroom. That's true. Um, well, two quick notes before we leave for the day, but um, wanted to give a shout-out uh, to the Oakland A's. Uh, as it's leaked that they've bought land in Las Vegas, and it looks like they're going to move the team there. And and they attendance has not been good. Um, I feel for the Oakland A's diehards out there for sure, you know, but hopefully Vegas is close enough where they can still root for the team and make that road trip a couple times a year um, and still be A's fans. We'll see what happens. I think they should maybe consider changing their name, though, to the Aces. The Las Vegas Aces. You could still have that A's on your hat. I guess. You said it's an old name. Also, old can they have the hat. first neon hat in the MLB? <laughs> Is there some kind of LED light that they can put in their hat and light it up? You think uh, <laughs> this is going to be their mascot or home run celebration gear? Mm. 
Or they kind of just have cards tossing it out. Uh, or, or like a, a bucking cowboy, maybe. Uh, maybe they can get some of the cast of Yellowstone down there. In Vegas? It's not that far. I guess not. I think they're just going to go with some casino theme. <laughs> That'll be the day. Will there be a casino inside the stadium? Oh, it's Vegas, baby. I know in Vegas at the hockey game, you can make bets from the stands. There's like some kind of uh, device at the in your seat, or I don't, I don't remember exactly how it works, but I'm I'm pretty sure you can make some bets from the actual stadium itself. It will not surprise me one bit <laughs> that you have options to put bets while you're watching the game. All right. Well, one last quick note here. Uh, just wanted to give a shout out to one Liam Hendricks. Uh, he posted a picture on his social media yesterday that he is in remission and cancer-free. Um, so that's great news. We really missed seeing Liam Hendricks pitch for Team Australia. Yeah, that would have been nice. Well, it would have been nice because he's probably the most prominent baseball player from Australia in the major leagues right now, you know? <clears throat> I think he's the only one. <laughs> Well, yeah, from, I mean, when you look at the roster that played in the World Baseball Classic, I didn't recognize any of them as being in the major leagues right now, but there there might have been a few in farm systems. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, he's definitely missed. Yeah, he's cancer-free, and, you know, the league misses him, obviously one of the best closers in the league. And, uh, well, we hope to see him this year in a White Sox uniform again. And we definitely hope to see him in the 2026 World Baseball Classic. So, Team Australia, uh, you better get back there. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. We're signing out, and enjoy the games today. Happy uh, weekend. We'll see you tomorrow. You'll be hearing from us again tomorrow. Saturday morning. I don't know. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, everybody, with another episode of the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. Take care. Bye.